Hi, you're listening to Dancing Dog Blog. I'm your host, Mary Haight, and welcome to the second in our series of Community Voices, where people in the pet community discuss what they're involved in that dog lovers should know about and share. Mel Freer is the owner-blogger at No Dog About It, a shelter and rescue volunteer, an amateur photographer, and a former pet sitter. Her topics cover lost dogs, understanding dog body language, and working with puppy mill dogs. She lives in St. Paul, Minnesota with her three dogs, Daisy, Cupcake, Jasper, and her foster dog, Maggie. She's with us today to share her experience of losing a dog, what she learned from it, and how you can be better prepared should this happen to you or anyone you know. Well, hi, Mel. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. You know, I'd like to start this off with your story. Um, How did you come to know about lost dogs in your state of Minnesota? Um, Kind of, well, by accident, really. (laughs) Um, At the time I found out about lost dogs in Minnesota, it was uh, when I had a missing foster Sheltie named Cupcake. Um, I'd had her about mm, two or three months. And at the time, uh, she was settling in really well um, and seemed to really have kind of calmed down and and was really feeling comfortable and happy and outgoing. And we had gone to on our way to the dog park to go for a walk, and a storm was rolling in, so I thought I would skip it because it was getting a little too dark and thought I would head over to a um, pet food store here locally and take the dogs in as kind of an experience, and then we would go home. Um, I thought I'd pick up some dog food, some dog treats, and we would head for home. And we got inside, no problem. Um, Cupcake was nervous. Uh, She is a former puppy mill dog, so she was nervous being in a new setting. And Daisy was fine. Jasper was fine. I had three dogs with me. When we headed outside, um, her leash or Daisy's leash, my other puppy mill dog, got caught around a sign that was out there that was not um, kind of connected to the pavement. It was just uh, set up outside. They could move it at any point. Daisy went one way, I went the other, and the leash pulled the sign down. And as it did, it scared all the dogs, and they all three pulled out of their collars at the time. Wow. Um, And so... Daisy went running straight ahead. Jasper ran across the lot across the street. Um, And Cupcake ran, took off running sideways around the corner. By the time I got Jasper and Cup, or Jasper and Daisy back to the car, um, they came back fairly quickly. Um, Cupcake was already gone, and one of the employees had gone to chase her, which I tell you now, it's like the worst thing you can do, but at the time, I don't think it really made much difference because she was already freaked out and running. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I learned, even though she had a martingale collar on, is that her collar had not been fitted to her perfectly. And so that's part of the reason she was able to pull out of her collar specifically. So she went on the run, um, and I'm lucky that I have a uh, rescue organization that's very experienced with working with lost dogs, and I immediately called them. I had someone out there within probably 20 minutes. Um, Oh, so this was, you knew this because of your connections with the volunteer work you've been doing? Absolutely, yep. Mm -hmm. Minnesota Sheltie Rescue is um, very good about educating their adopters, their fosters, 
about uh, Shelties, the flight risk, um, you know, the chances that a dog could go missing and what to do if that happens. Um, all of our dogs are microchipped to be registered to Sheltie Rescue to ensure that if they are caught, they can get them back where they need to go. Um, so they're very active in that part of it. And so I knew right away to call the rescue. And they had people out there. I mean, the first person arrived 20 minutes after, and I was already out looking while I had called. Um, and then the rest of the group came within that hour, that first hour that she was missing. They had flyers made up right away. They had signs that they put together. Um, so immediately we were out putting flyers in mailboxes, or not mailboxes, in the newspaper boxes, handing them to people, spreading the word, putting them on cars, getting the word out. And um, I think we probably worked for several hours. I know that I was out till probably midnight um, putting out flyers along with everybody else in order to get the word out that there's a lost dog. Within the next day, we had our first call at like, I want to say it was like maybe 8 in the morning. Someone had already seen her, and then another call came in, um, and I was able to get to where she had been seen. Uh, one of my friends actually saw her running across the street. She knew her because we walked together at the dog park, and um, I called her name. She turned her head and looked at me and kept running. She was absolutely mm -hmm. terrified. Yeah, blind panic. Yep, yeah. exactly. And so that's where it began. And, and it went on for 12 days of uh, basically handing out flyers, putting up signs, getting the word out, using um, a kind of a robocall uh, to get the word out. Um, just so that we so, could... So this kind of... So there's already... A system in place by this group you work with? And what's their name? Lost Dogs in Minnesota, yeah? Uh, no, Minnesota Shelty Rescue really is the one that oh, did. Oh, okay, okay. And then Lost Dogs Minnesota kind of jumped in. They were a relatively small group at the time. Mm -hmm. I think um, we posted a picture of Cupcake on Facebook on Lost Dogs in Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, and they spread the word. And then the Minnesota Sheltie group spread the word, um, and that's how it grew. And then from there, Lost Dogs in Minnesota really grew from there. I think that, I mean, I'm not taking credit, but I think <laughs> Cupcake's case mm -hmm. was kind of the first one that really educated dog owners um, about this service on Facebook that you could post your missing dog and help people keep an eye out for it and know where to call when they did find it. Mm -hmm. Lost Dogs of Minnesota was so new mm -hmm. at the time that Cupcake was um, missing, or at least it hadn't grown to the size that people would have noticed it automatically, but when Cupcake went missing, um, it really started to uh, bring attention to the group, and they really started promoting and pushing Cupcake's picture so that people knew she was missing. And it was because of their involvement, um, along with Minnesota Sheltie Rescue, that um, Cupcake was uh, ideally found um, because of their tips, their help, their getting her face or picture, her story out there um, that made people want to help and try to um, help get her back home, which they did. Yeah, um, and 
uh, I'm going to ask you this again a little later, but I did notice that uh, they were covering both online and offline. Not everybody is on computers for this kind of thing. Right. So those flyers are still important. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that um, I love because we also have a Minnesota um, Lost Shelties of Minnesota as well that's a page um, that's kind of an offshoot of Lost Dogs of Minnesota, and that they create the flyer for you so that you can actually print it out um, and, and get it out there. So they'll take the picture, they'll put the wording on it, and get it out there for you. Oh, that's great. Wow. Which is nice, which mm-hmm. means that anybody could print it off and start handing out flyers to help you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, just and they could put it in all the pet supply shops you've got around town. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. So before you had your own harrowing experience, uh, did you know there was such an organization? Did, I think you... It's, it sounded like you did know about this just because of your work, your volunteer work, I should say. Honestly, no. Um, when I started off, I knew Minnesota Sheltie Rescues mm-hmm. guidelines. I knew their tips. Um, I had never heard of Lost Dogs Minnesota. So it was only when Cupcake was missing that I really learned about the group, what they did, um, how tirelessly they work, the tips that they have. Um, so I didn't even uh, know about them at all prior to. Yeah, and I, I found something that was really interesting to me was there's not uh, organizations like this in every state. There is not, although we are working very hard towards it. So Tammy Humphreys, who um, took over Lost Dogs of Minnesota and really grew it, her goal has always been to not only grow the following of Lost Dogs Minnesota, but to expand it to other states. And she's done tireless work to create it in Arizona and Texas and um, a lot of other states now have Lost Dogs sites Mm -hmm. um, that are specifically for their state. Um, Lost Dogs of Iowa. And it actually started, if we even go back further, it started with Lost Dogs of Illinois, mm-hmm. then Lost Dogs of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lost Dogs of Minnesota. And those three really are the ones that kind of took it beyond that. I was really surprised to find that uh, between uh, the state of Illinois and uh, was the state of Wisconsin and, and the Lost Dogs there, there have been 10,000 dogs reunited with their owners over two and a half years. That's Correct. a lot of dogs. It is. And I remember you saying something, and I think it was in one of your posts, about forget about stray dogs. These are lost dogs. Yes. There are a lot, certainly there are a lot of, you know, dogs that are dumped. Yes, we're not saying that, but um, there are a lot of lost dogs out there that uh, people are just assuming are strays. And uh, I would agree. Yeah. That's, I think that's the, the part that is so concerning is how many people assume that a dog has been dumped and given the just the numbers that you see with Lost Dogs Minnesota, Lost Dogs of Illinois and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, knowing that the numbers are so high that they've been able to reunite, mm-hmm. it, it says to me when you extrapolate that across all the 50 states, 
that we have more of a lost dog problem mm-hmm. than a stray dog problem in many cases. Yeah. I don't I mean in some of the bigger cities, yes, there is a a stray dog problems, but I really think that we need to stop thinking stray dog is the automatic um, assumption mm-hmm. and really start thinking about is this really a lost dog that someone is looking for. Yeah, well, we hear these stories, too, on, on the Internet all the time. Absolutely. About found dog after seven years, after five years, after ten, you know, and, and people take them in. Yes, and even in the state of Minnesota, the police were warning that they're now seeing people um, taking lost dogs or stolen dogs, but in some cases lost dogs, and they're actually reselling them on the Internet through Craigslist. Oh, dear. So it's not just... Um, a situation of looking for a lost dog that's out there stray somewhere that someone assumes is a stray or dump dog, but now we have to worry about dogs that are being sold on Craigslist that are lost dogs, that people are actually trying to find their dog. Um, mm-hmm. And I know of two cases um, in particular where that was the case, that they got their lost dog back because the person who found them tried to resell them on Craigslist. Wow. Was, yeah. that, was that in Minnesota? Uh, two, yeah, they were mm-hmm. both in Minnesota. Both in both cases, those were um, assumed to be lost, but they turned out to be stolen. So it's a matter of um, people being aware that when they see a stray dog, that it's not an automatic assumption that it's a stray dog, just because it looks matted and it's dirty. Dogs get pretty dirty and matted pretty quickly. I mean, Cupcake, when she was missing for 12 days, was so matted oh, that she... Oh, wasn't but, she? Yeah, I saw... Oh, geez. Yeah, she, she stunk to high heaven. She was extremely dirty. She had matting so bad that she couldn't have gone to the bathroom if she tried. Um, <gasps> oh, it was so God. matted they had to clip her at the vet. Just and that so- was after 12... Well, of course, 12 days in the snow. That was a Minnesota winter, snow. wasn't it? Yes, it was... <sighs> Uh, November. We had a mild November, December period, but um, she was full of burrs. So she was running mm. through woods. She was running through snow. She was running through dirt, under things. On, and so she was down by the trail railroad tracks, which is a common thing for Shelties for some reason. They like railroad tracks. So all of those things can make a dog very quickly look like a stray dog that nobody wanted and they dumped. And that's not always the case. So people shouldn't get judgmental about <laughs> not returning the dog to someone <laughs> after fact, 12 really days if your dog could look like that. And, yeah. oh and my. they be thinking, is this someone's lost dog? Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, you've learned a lot about what you would do if, you know, this happened again, and that's... This really, so we're going to uh, use this this mine of yours and ask you to take us through the procedure step by step, so people yeah. can uh, have a nice takeaway uh, from our talk here uh, to help themselves should this problem come up for them. Sure, and I mean I think that um, I will just say that do the best things that for me feel like I, I feel are the top things to do and then work your way down Um, a lot of the lost dog sites in every state have a listing of all the things you can do 
Um, for me, one of the top things you can do, especially if they're lost in an unusual area, is to put out food and water and to put out an article of clothing that smells like you. Um, because chances are they will stay closer to that item that smells like you because it's familiar and it, it makes them feel a little bit safer. So um, we've had several dogs that have been found laying on top of the item of clothing, the blanket, um, or even in the kennel because it smelled like them. It was familiar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I would do right away, if it's especially if it's in an unfamiliar location, but even at home putting out food and water. Um, the next thing I do is I call the police, the um, the shelters, the dog catcher, and make them aware of your lost dog right away so that they know. Um, and then also get the word out with your friends, your family, your neighbors. Uh, get a picture out of your dog. Post it on your Facebook page. Post it on Twitter. Um, I usually use like a hashtag lost dog. And then a hashtag Minnesota. Um, and, and if you don't, um, if you're not really that familiar with the internet or you don't have a Facebook page, get a friend to do it for you, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then make sure you also share it with the Lost Dog page if you have one in your state. So if it's Lost Dog Minnesota, make sure you fill out their form, send them a picture so they can get it out right away and spread the word so that people know your dog is lost. If they find it, they can go right there and say, oh, I know who to call. Um, The other thing we tell people now is to automatically post a picture and information on Craigslist Um, because Craigslist is a place that people go to a lot. They're going to see that lost dog picture and know that there is a lost dog out there. But on top of that, if they find your dog, that is one of the places they go to find out if anyone has lost a dog and who to call. Okay. Um, so that's another place to post pictures. So I try to go for the easiest stuff first as far as um, what you can do immediately versus chasing after your dog and driving around. Because driving around, I can guarantee you, you probably won't find your dog that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get more eyes seen because the more people who know the more eyes that are looking and the greater your chances that someone is going to see your dog. So getting the the picture out there, um, notifying the police, notifying your neighbors, um, and then the number one thing for me um, is getting a flyer made up. And so putting on their pertinent information, we usually say put a, a reward, make it a, don't put how much because the more money you put, that's when the, the thieves are looking to right. capture your dog to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put, you know, reward if found, you put a picture of your dog, you put the number to call. Um, do not chase is always one we put on our flyers because, as um, most people know, dogs tend to run away from people who are chasing them. Um, so we ask that people not chase, especially when they're on the run because that's when they're most afraid. So they're less likely to run to you or run to a stranger um, than they are to run because they're already afraid and already on the run and terrified. Um, But flyers are the number one thing beyond just getting the word out right away to really get eyes looking. And so what we would do is gather friends, gather your neighbors, 
rather gather family and have them split up and put flyers in designated locations that are around the area the dog was lost. Um, for us, we put flyers in newspaper boxes because you can't put them in mailboxes. That's a federal problem. Mm-hmm. You, it's the federal law. Um, but you can put them in newspaper boxes. You can put them in doors. Um, you can stick them on car, windshield wiper, under windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. Car. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of spreading the word through that first, um, getting the flyers on windshields at Walmart and Walgreens because that was where we cupcake was missing um we had to them out at churches we handed them out door to door in the surrounding houses in that area uh but what you want to do is get as many flyers out there in the area they were lost and keep expanding outwards so that um people know that your dog is missing and they're looking i guarantee you when you speak to people and they hear your story they want to help you they want to be the one that helps you find your dog because they can see on your face how scared you are. Um, and so it really helps to have that word out. Another thing to do is to make up big signs that you can post in your yard and elsewhere to notify people about um, your missing dog so they also know where to call. And I would keep signs like that very simple. Lost Beagle, Lost Sheltie, not Lost you know, whatever dog, um, call this number. And so that keeps it simple, too. Um, putting an ad in the paper. Uh, all those things are things you can do to spread the word. One of the things that we did, because Minnesota Shelty Rescue has so many experience, so much experience with um, lost dogs and helping and finding and all of that. Um, we also use Finding Toto, um, T-O-T-O, Finding Toto, um, and that actually is a robocall system that you can pay, and what they'll do is call all your neighbors and let them know that there's a lost dog in their neighborhood and that they were asking them to keep an eye out. Here's what it looks like, and here's the number to call if you get a sighting. That's great. Yes. And that's the, probably the only time people would welcome a robocall. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. In fact, I actually had people who heard the robocall and called me to let me know that they had received a robocall and they would be looking. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So then do you also put um, all the shelters, rescues, and uh, animal care and control on alert? That is correct. Yep, that's another one that... Um, you must do just because um, they're more likely to get, get your dog mm-hmm. and make sure they're aware of it. Um, even if um, you notify them, make sure you go and check too um, because they may get so many dogs in. And they have shift workers. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so you have to go every day. Yeah, go every day or, or check online and make sure, call every day. But try to get there so you can make sure that they didn't mistake your your beagle for something else and and say no to you when you called. Mm-hmm. You want to be sure. One of the nice things about um, Lost Dogs in Minnesota is they actually have links to um, all the listings of all the shelters, all the vets, um, all the humane societies in the area. Um, oh, so you great. could actually click on it. 
uh, on the link, and then it would take you to a listing of all the numbers for all the places, and then you would just simply choose the ones in your area. But it's a great resource because you may not know those numbers. Of course, and and you're already frantic and beside yourself, so it's really nice to have something handed to you, and you can just then go about checking off the list. Right. How far away uh, did you find your dog? How far from the original scene? Um, it's a good question. I I want to say it was about five miles, maybe a little bit further. Um, the the funny, not so funny thing, I guess now, but it's it's strange thing is we didn't know at the time, but um, she got as close as a street, just a, a cross street close to my house. And she was lost, I would say, well, probably she was lost three or four miles from my house, maybe even five. Um, she was lost in a very busy shopping area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for her to make it back to where I was or where we live, um, she would have had to either cross a bridge going over a major highway or cross the highway itself, oh um, which is a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a neighbor weeks later who said, you know, I didn't know, even though we got the flyer, I didn't make the connection. I saw your dog standing on the corner right by our house, and it was just down the street from my house. And wow. we didn't realize it was her. And so she got as close as that and then moved further out again as, as people scared her or chased her. Um, and so where she was actually found was... Uh, I would say probably three miles from where she was originally lost and at least five miles from where we where she was seen by the neighbor. So that's, she's, yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. And I know there was something you le- what did you learn about trapping? Oh, a ton. Um, there's so much to learn. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we did learn is that dogs that are really frightened, um, puppy mill dogs especially are, a high-risk dog for um, running away, uh, the flight risk on, on scared dogs, um, adopted dogs, newly adopted dogs, new foster dogs, um, puppy mill dogs is so high um, that chances are you're not going to capture them unless you trap them. And so um, sometimes you can go to, like, your local rent-a-place. Like, some rental places, you know, will rent you a a rototiller or a lawnmower or, or something like that, they probably have traps that they rent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, um, humane societies, rescue groups have now learned, at least in our state, have learned to have a trap on hand mm-hmm. um, so that they can capture. I think I want to say that Minnesota Sheltie Rescue probably has three or four of them now um, in varying sizes. And then we have people who we have helped who have had lost dogs who also have their own trap now who help out as well. So we kind of share. But um, trapping is interesting. So what we try to do is wait until we get a set of sightings in a specific area. And the reason for that is that usually means that the dog is staying in that area because initially when they're first running, they're running all over the place. And it's really hard to set a trap because they're, you know, you might have a sighting two miles from each other in a day. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is get a bunch of sightings 
um, in an area and then set a trap. And so the traps are designed to, um, you know, the dog goes inside, steps on a plate that lowers the door and locks it into place. And what you want to do for trapping is set it up in a hidden location, make sure that you've got a chain and a padlock so you can secure it to a tree or um, a post or some way to protect it so that no one will steal it. Um, then you want to put food in it. Um, the best food is the smelliest food, cat food, hot dogs, um, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, anything that has a strong smell to it that's likely to draw a dog in. Um, you also want to cover it to make it look more like a den. Um, and then maybe even put some clothing that smells like the owner um, near it to draw them in so they feel comforted, safe. Um, mm -hmm. So, so that they might eat too, yeah. Yes. And you want to check it not all the time, and you don't want to tell a lot of people about where it is. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the upside of having a lost dog and spreading the word is that lots of people will want to help you. They really do. Um, the downside is that some of the people that are going to help you really almost want to be the one to find your dog, and in doing so, they sometimes end up sabotaging the search. Not intentionally. Mm -hmm. um, they have good good hearts and good meaning to it, but one of the things that we experienced um, with past rescues is that um, they would go to the traps and, and leave their smell, their scent, their dog scent all around it. And so we really had to make trap locations um, really private, secret, and only a few people knew and know uh, moving forward where the traps are set so that we don't have a lot of traffic by it. Mm -hmm. um, that's to allow the dog to actually go in without people around it. Um, so that's another thing with trapping is keep the amount of people who know where it is, who check it on a daily basis to a minimum. So what surprised you the most as you were going through this experience? Um, lots of things. Uh, it, well, so much that I couldn't even begin to, to fill a vase full of it. I, it's There's so much I learned. Um, number one, people want to help you. Um, there are a lot of animal lovers out there, and people really, really want to help you. And so the more you can get your word out, spread your story, share your dog's picture, um, and ask people to help you, the more you will find they'll want to help you and the more people will help you. I've made so many friends from the, just the fact that Cupcake was lost for 12 days. I made so many friends I never would have known in my community Never would have known without that. So really, it, it, what, what's so surprising is that there is still community out there. Absolutely. Hmm. That's all interesting. Of, all of my city was looking. I cannot tell you how many people were looking for Cupcake. It is unbelievable. So that's one thing. If you ask people for help, if you let them know your dog is missing and share your story, it's hugely probable that you'll get some help from people you never would have known or expected, and and you'll be surprised. Um, the other thing that I would say that surprised me the most is that dogs that are scared aren't going to run to you when they're lost. Um, in fact, a lot of dogs won't run to you. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that, that I've tried to educate people on is that 
When a dog goes missing, their first um, reaction in most cases to go into survival mode. I need food. I need water. I need safety. I need to hide. Um, I need to just get away from people. And the longer they're missing, the more feral they go, especially with Shelties. I mean, Shelties can go feral pretty quickly and be scared pretty quickly into not wanting anybody to approach them. And so knowing that, um, you know, even if you call your dog's name or chase them, the chances are they're not going to come to you um, the longer they're on the run. And so knowing to um, sit down and to have treats ready and to just be calm and sit there with your back to them or sideways to them and just let them approach but maybe toss treats out that are smelly, that smell good so that they start to come near is hugely helpful. Um, Dogs tend to run first and think about it later when they're on the run. But if they see you sitting, it's less threatening, Mm -hmm. um, and it gives them a chance to kind of maybe stand from a distance and watch you, hear your voice. In Cupcake's Cupcake's case, she didn't even recognize me until she got close enough to smell me. I was just going to ask you, Asa, how how did... You know, what was your experience of, of reclaiming her and, and getting her mind in, you know, back into your world? Yeah. Um, I was lucky I had eyes looking, um, and the flyers are what caused someone to call me and say that he had seen her. Mm-hmm. He kept her in an area till lots of people could get there. A lot of the community came out and basically blocked her in an area that was partially fenced but had some openings where she could have escaped Mm -hmm. and made sure that they just formed a perimeter. Even the Egan police came out and put up um, one of those orange fencing things to block so that she couldn't get out. And then I had to go in and basically sit down and toss her treats and just keep my head bowed, turn to the side, so that she would get close enough. And she kept hearing my voice, and she recognized it, but she was still so terrified mm-hmm. she wouldn't come close. And so what it took, I mean, it I, I want to say it took an hour, but she literally would go closer, pace back around the other side, then come closer, and then a little bit closer. And it wasn't till she sniffed me that she really, it was like she just sighed and leaned against me because she knew she was safe. And wow. yeah, and so don't don't expect your dog to run right up to you. Don't expect that your dog is going to see your face, um, see your body language, and know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in flight mode, and so sitting down, talking gently, calmly, maybe even not talking in some cases, depending how scared your dog is, but just sitting there quietly so that they feel like. You're not a threat, so they can approach a little bit closer and maybe check you out, hear mm-hmm. your voice, and start to feel like you're familiar. Then you're more likely to get them, if you don't get them in a trap. Wow, that it's amazing. Dogs have their own world, and so few of us realize this. That's so true. So true. And, you know, it's funny you don't think about the fact that a dog that you've had that's happy living with you who is close to you would run from you, but it happens all the time. And that's, I, I mean, that was a huge learning for me. Um, 
Yeah, backing out of a collar is always a shock. Yes, and that's another one. Um, One of the first things that I do now is um, with a foster dog, I have them in a martingale collar. I have them in a harness. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I'm walking, they're double-leashed. Cupcake now has a harness and she has a martingale collar. The beauty of the martingale collar is that they can't pull out of it as easily. If they're fitted correctly, they can't pull out at all. Um, And so it keeps them safe, especially if they're easily startled by things in their environment or people approaching, cars going by. Um, It helps to have the harness, the, the martingale collar to prevent that dog from getting away. Um, and so those are other things that I've learned from this is just what are the safe things to be using with a dog that's more fearful. Yeah, that's really, you know, that's a good point, and that will probably be our, our wrap question here is um, we know that um, preventive measures, you know, no matter what you do, are, are a really smart way to go about living your life with dogs, and they don't stop accidents from happening no so uh, uh, what advice would you offer people who want to be as prepared as they can be in the event of a lost dog i think number one is make sure you have current pictures of your dog Um, make sure that you know your resources that are out there to help you find your dog but having that picture is everything if it's a current picture, and it, it needs to be a good picture. I've seen pictures posted on lost dogs that are so blackened out that it's really hard to see their face, um, and that doesn't help you to find your dog. It, you need a good picture. So take pictures of your pets um, and make sure they're good ones that are well lit. Take them from different angles. One of the things that helped with Cupcake was we had pictures, because I take lots of pictures, We had pictures from the top, the bottom, the side, front, back. Um, We even had video of her. And so that helped because people knew exactly what she looked like from all angles. Um, And we used different different pictures on the flyers so that they could see what she looked like. Um, So that's one thing I would do. Another thing is making sure that you have a collar they're not going to pull out of. Especially if you have a fearful dog a dog that's easily startled, Mm -hmm. uh, I would recommend having them on a harness uh, to prevent them from pulling out or getting that martingale collar. And if they are a puppy mill dog and extremely fearful or even a very shy foster dog, a newly adopted dog, I'd be double leashing. I'd have one leash on the collar, one leash on the harness, and that way um, if they get out of one, they're not likely to get out of the other. Yes, and microchipping is yes, really micro- a lifesaver in this case. I, you know, and that is probably the number one thing that um, people don't, they put off, they delay, mm-hmm. and I'm one of them. I mean, I delayed it too. But if they don't get their dog microchipped, the chances of them getting that dog back are so slim, even if someone finds them, because you have to have that picture plastered everywhere. You have to have those flyers everywhere. And still the chances are slim you could get your dog back just because you didn't microchip your pet. The other thing I would say, even after you microchip your pet, don't forget to register them. My dogs were microchipped. I had registered them. I'd put it off. Mm-hmm. I oh, obviously yeah. rectified that after a cupcake came back. <laughs> um, 
register it. You can't just go halfway. Yeah. Um, and, then and when they, you move. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the other thing that they really should think about is when they go in for their regular vet checkup, mm-hmm. have them check the chip to make sure it's working. Because um, we've had certain... Or hasn't moved the in the body stopped. somewhere. Yeah. It, yes, exactly. In fact, I, the last round when Daisy went in, I found out she had three microchips in her, one from the puppy mill oh, and one from the original rescue group that had her and then one from the, the shelter where I had her microchip. I never knew she had three. Wow. Yeah. So you just have to, you really have to do everything you can to to prevent your dog from getting lost, but also if they do get lost, do everything you can to make sure that you're going to get them back. And microchipping, oh, my gosh, it is such an easy thing to do. And we put it off and we delay it, and and it, yet it's the number one thing that will get your dog back if they're found. That's, that is great advice. So I really thank you for coming on today. Uh, where can people find you, by the way? Um, they can find me online at No Dog About It. Mm-hmm. That's my blog. Mm-hmm. That's just, then, is that a .com? Uh, it's actually .wordpress. Thank you, .com. Yep. Yeah, okay. If they look on Facebook under No Dog About It, um, they'll find me there as well. Okay. <laughs> thanks again for visiting with us. Thanks, Mary. And to the audience, thanks for listening.